So we are recording today again from Rachel's podcast. Our first time back um, from, after two from weeks. From my podcast. Oh shoot! I gotta start <laughs> over. <laughs> We are back at Rachel's apartment, recording the podcast for the first time in two weeks. We missed last week because I was sick. Cameron was sick. There's a little accidental tease for that because our last episode that we recorded, I mentioned that I had a sore throat and that was the beginning of the end for me. Very famous last words. Yes, absolutely. And so welcome to episode four of the podcast that we call Rebels and Robots. Robots. We meet weekly to talk about Star Wars and Transformers. And today we will be discussing um, episode five and episode six of Bad Batch season two. And we waited to watch both. Yes. We waited to watch episode five and six together. Yes, because episode five came out last week, but we did not record. And we both agreed that we were we were glad to have two episodes <laughs> to talk about because there's not much to talk about with episode been like five. A ten minute podcast. We've been like, bye. Um, before we get into that, do you um uh, uh, firstly, I have a correction from last week, uh, from our last episode that we recorded. Um, you, We were talking about the Mandalorian Season 3 mm-hmm. trailer, and mm-hmm. it had a shot of the Jedi Order, the Jedi Council, oh, dang it, the Jedi Temple during Order, I almost said Route 66, <laughs> during Order 66. Execute. <laughs> between Star Wars Execute. and Cars. Root 66. And, Rascal Flats intensifies. Oh, no. Anyways, um, and you mentioned that it might be reused footage from Boba Fett, and that really confused me at the time. Um, and then you were saying you thought it was a Grogu flashback um, from Bad from Boba Fett season two, season one. Gosh, wow! You can tell it's been two weeks since I uh, oh man since I podcast. Should we have practiced? <laughs> probably. <laughs> Do you have a script? Anyways, um, and then I told you no, it was probably from Mandalorian season two, but. As I thought about it, I realized that is from Boba Fett. That that yeah. Grogu's actual flashback to Order sixty six is indeed from the Boba Fett show, Mandalorian season two point five. Yeah, I had totally forgotten just how much not Boba Fett content mm-hmm. there was in that mm-hmm. Boba Fett show. Wild that there is a whole segment of Grogu training with Luke and having a flashback to Order sixty six nothing to do with Boba Fett whatsoever. Yeah, the people who didn't watch that are going to be really confused. <laughs> so I had you convinced that you were wrong while we were... I, was, I discovered this while I was listening back to the episode, and I apologize. It's you okay. were totally right. I was just kind of like, hmm, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and yeah, anything... Uh, any interesting Star Wars news? I have, I have one small piece of news. Anything... <laughs> Interesting um, Star Wars or Transformers related that cropped up in the last week for you? Jedi Fallen, no. Jedi, okay. I think it's Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor. Or is it Jedi? Maybe it's just Jedi Survivor. I don't know. The new Cal Kestis game was supposed <laughs> to come out in March, and now it's been pushed back to April 28th. Of oh, this year, that. which at least it's, you know, it's not like, oops, we're going to push this back another year. Uh-huh. Um, there is also... Um, Oh, I should have had this up, but uh, there's a book coming out uh, the, in March. It's like a little tie-in it's called Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars. And let me pull up the cover so you can see it. Um, but on it, we have a couple of recognizable characters like, you know, um, Cal Kestis, 
who is selling this on eBay used? It's not out yet, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, Tris, I think that's her name. It's been a while since I've played it. Um, you know, the the crew from Jedi Fallen Order, but there also is the fifth brother on the cover in his Rebels design rather than the live action. Oh, interesting. So um, I do believe Jedi uh, Jedi Survivor, it is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. <laughs> I believe Jedi Survivor is going on the same time as Andor and Kenobi. Yeah, you mentioned it's that. It's all coming together. Very interesting. Excited for this game? Is it seeming exciting yes. to you? Yes, I'm, I'm pretty excited because, I mean, it's Star Wars, so I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you looking for? them to improve upon from the first game oh man i feel like i just talked about this one i think the uh there are certain sequences that oh man i really can't remember i love i'm not a big combat game kind of person Mm -hmm. Except for the Batman games, I love them, but mm-hmm. that's because I can button mash and it's okay. Yep. <laughs> um, I think the combat was just kind of my biggest complaint about Jedi Fallen Order, and I do wish there's a little bit more can open worldness mm, of the worlds. Yeah. Granted, some of the maps were huge. My other big issue was how there were really only three planets, and I kept having to go back. Like, you know, I don't mind revisiting planets like in Star Wars, The Old Republic, but my biggest issue is that you would get there and I had to walk all the way back to the very end of the map, which is almost like a 10, 15 minute journey Mm because all the enemies have respawned. So I think just maybe more, I don't know, I'd say convenience, but maybe a little more fast travel aspects, please. Mm -hmm. Um, some different fighting mechanics because again, I am not big on having to do combo moves on my keyboard. They stress me mm. out and I just oh, like yeah. to play play with lightsabers like I'm mm. a baseball bat. Yeah, I totally get that. Well interesting. Well, I hope it turns out pretty good. I look forward to you reporting back to us on that. We have to see older Calcastus. Um, I have a very minor piece of news. Mostly it took out to me because it was on the Hollywood Reporter, mm. which is like one of the top movie and culture reporter websites in the world and the fact that they were reporting on a star wars toy was wild to me i assume this is probably paid content from disney but nonetheless i thought it was actually kind of cool um i'll turn it so you can see here um this is a star wars celebrate oh i'm getting some feedback from my laptop that's interesting um (laughs) random banging (laughs) um Yes, I saw this. From the Star Wars Celebration exclusive toy. It's a Darth Vader toy. It looks mostly just like Darth Vader, but it's inspired by the Revenge of the Jedi poster. For those who aren't familiar with, that was the original title for Episode 6. Before it was called Return of the Jedi, it was called Revenge of the Jedi. And they even sent out a movie poster for with that title. And it's got a very red aesthetic where Darth Vader's helmet, the black is the negative space and the positive space is this, this speckled red. And so the toy has that look to it. The toy is tinted red, like speckled red. So it's it's very geeky, this piece of news. Are their lightsaber colors switched? I think they are. That's an interesting that you caught that. Yeah. the uh, On the poster, Vader's lightsaber is blue and Luke's lightsaber is red. Very classically, Star's lightsabers are not properly colored on posters and in comic books and stuff during the 70s and 80s. Um. There, 
My dad just texted me. I think I might be getting some feedback from your, your phone because it's on the cord. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies! Uh, the signal that, like, I'm imagine the Wi-Fi signal going through the devices affects messes with the cord. Here, I'll move this cord out of your way. There was one thing I wanted to bring up. Um, Mesa Windu, I think, tweeted about this. Oh, if I can TikTok find it. Star. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, love, love him. Good guy. Um, I gosh, I, I cannot remember. So basically, I'm trying to find the name. Um. There is an author. Oh, let me see if I can find it. Ugh, wow, sorry, I should have been more prepared. I kind of <laughs> forgot about this until I thought you brought it up. Um, In the silence, we can he hear the yee truck outside. <laughs> the diesel engine that just kind of. Well, while you're trying to, to find uh, that, I can go on a rant. Um, ah, yes, do it. Prepared. Do um, it. So do it. I, I definitely don't want this podcast to become complaining about the Star Wars fandom because it could be that every week, um, and it would never end. Um, and it would be really. There's just no reason to continually complain about Star Wars fandom. We talked a lot about it in our first episode explaining our current positions on star wars but this one this particular piece of um complaining media really stood out to me because it's a it's a guy on youtube i like a lot i think he's really really talented and i am also realizing i'm not as prepared um i sent you the link so i can find it pretty quick man here. we take a week off and we don't know yeah. how to do anything um, it was a youtube video called uh the matrix debooted and it's by a guy on youtube called um it's loading it's loading imp lemon and if you are familiar with him, you for different reasons, you might be familiar with him. He explained it in one of his own videos. I did not know. He just used to do YouTube poop. So you might hear that name and potentially think of very low quality content. But normally he has very insightful, informative pieces on culture. And he also does like NASCAR videos I find really interesting. He's got, you know, he just talks about things he's interested in and he's good at doing that normally. This particular video, he spent the first five minutes complaining about the Star Wars sequel or the, the Disney Star Wars uh, movies. And for a guy I really respect, I think he's an incredible content creator um, and normally has his own voice and is really good at things, clearly showed a big reason why the, the issue with people's perspective on media in general and what, or Star Wars podcasts, so specifically Star Wars, just takes it way too seriously. Like way too seriously. Like he was talking about how mad it made him, how it, he felt betrayed, how he felt this and that. And it's just like, he's acting like it wasn't always a business. Star Wars has always been a product. It's always been an, a, you know, a capitalistic endeavor. The toys were a huge reason why Star Wars took off in the first place. So to behave as though Disney's doing anything different than George Lucas did is kind of crazy. Uh, and again, this is never about mean thinking someone's wrong for disliking new star wars i think it's a totally valid opinion i can totally see why someone would and if you have a big problem with the entirety of modern media being overly commercialized i also think that's totally fine but to sit act like you're somehow right for liking original star wars and you're wrong for think liking new star wars because they're somehow different i think it totally won <laughs> nice siren in the background <laughs> Totally ignores the contributions of people like J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, even Ron Howard. I think Ron Howard, even though he's brought on late to do reshoots on Solo, I think he was a guy who clearly was friend with George Lucas and cared about doing his own thing and contributing to Star Wars. 
all the the you know uh, people who grew up with Star Wars who now get to work on it. There's lots of people who really really care about Star Wars who work on it now, and so to act like it is either totally commercialized or Star Wars has not been that the entire time. It just it really frustrated me, and he he even complains later in the video about modern and eventually the video just comes about the sanitized nature of modern blockbusters which is not um totally wrong but he mentions how like things can't kill off main characters when each of the new star wars trilogy films each killed off a main character Mm -hmm. from the original series so it just wasn't a good argument it really bummed me out and I watched his entire 40-minute video just to make sure I was able to give him a fair fight. Because in the first five minutes, I wanted to turn it off. And I was like, if I'm going to mention it on the podcast, I've got to watch the whole video. Um, fortunately, if you just want to hear this guy's opinion, um, you can just watch the first five minutes and you'll get the main points. Um, so I don't know if I had a major point in bringing that up. But it was just a really interesting example of why do I get annoyed with people who hate modern Star Wars? If you dislike it, fine. Even if you think you hate the ideas, fine. But, like, the aggressive hating nature that people have, so annoying to me because it's taking it too seriously. I love Star Wars. I've grown up with Star Wars. It's really important to me. If I walked into a Star... And I remember being disappointed walking out of both 7 and 9 when I first saw them in the theater. Um, I went on with my day. It didn't affect me that much. In about... Hmm, how long has it been since Force Awakens came out? It's been over seven years. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I just feel really old. Um, anyways, and I give it another seven years. Mm-hmm. And the sequels are going to be just as loved as the prequels are now. Mm-hmm. Because the kids who grew up with the sequels are going to be getting older. Yeah. And, I mean, there's, I think, I mean, I've always seen comments because, you know, people are like, oh, I, you know, well. Everyone loved the prequels when they came out. No, they didn't. Everyone and hated the prequels. To be fair to Implement, he did say he liked them when they came out because he was a kid. Exactly. And as he got older, he came to realize that they weren't good. But he does call them mediocre and not bad. And he acts like all five new Star Wars movies are totally garbage. Even Rogue One? Yeah, I, I was wow. surprised. He didn't like give any nuance to his opinion on Star Wars. And I would be surprised for anyone to have totally 100% negative opinions of all five of those yeah. movies. I just find that hard to believe. Maybe he does, and that's totally cool. And and he was making a larger point about corporations and movies being really good at being safe. And I totally get what he's saying. I just don't think it's applicable to modern Star Wars wholesale. And I think, again, it totally doesn't, it just totally betrays that there are people actually trying in these and there are good ideas in there. And can guarantee you J.J. Abrams and Ryan Star Wars also grew up on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like, and did, I, I think... It, did you just say Ryan... John? Did you just say J.J. Abrams and Ryan Star Wars? I thought I said Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I may have misheard you. I was certain. I was certain I said Ryan Johnson. But, I mean... It, I think that's one of the hard things about with such big gaps in Star Wars because... Mm-hmm. There's legends, of course, and then you have people who, you know, on the tail end of Revenge of the Sith, I don't know, wrote their own fan fan fictions, came Mm. up with their own headcanons, and then, you know, there are some people out there when those aren't legitimized. It's like, Mm. what you would have made Star Wars a different way. Yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, what was the other thing you wanted to talk about? So, 
There's an author, Brian Davids, who I believe has worked on Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, and El Camino. A couple days ago, all he posted was a gif of Rey from The Last Jedi with eyes emojis. Like the 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 big looking kind of to the okay. side emojis. That is it. Huh. And I so there here I pulled it up. This is all he's post all he posted about it. Huh. And so people are thinking, you know, hey, are we finally going to get post sequel trilogy content? Mm. I would love that. Absolutely. I really just saying if, you know, they do a Clone Wars for essentially a Clone Wars between episodes, I don't know, seven and eight, or probably eight or nine, I think is where they would put that. You know, I th- it would be great in my opinion. So, Secret Trilogy needs some love. Yeah, that, t- that is very exciting. So, I would not be surprised though, just because so much content right now, like Bad Batch and Mandalorian, is all building up to the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Dave Filoni is cementing a lot of that. Hmm. A lot of the, those like 19 years in between or however much. Oh, is it more like 30 years <coughs> in between? There's 30 years from episode six to seven. Okay. Oh, wow. So like 30 years um, cementing that and then maybe moving into it because I wouldn't be surprised if Dave Filoni is just like itching to get his hands on another animated series for the sequel trilogy. Sure. He's like, <sighs> Dave Filoni heavy breathing in the background of every creative <laughs> writing <laughs> meeting. Um, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Or we could get another, we could get a book, you know. Oh, sure. Especially with an author tweeting that. So. Okay. And with that, um, I'm thinking of Dave Floney <laughs> yeah. and his cartoons. Let's, let's talk about his latest, um, in, iterations, uh, installments in his animated universe, starting with Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 5. Um, do you have the title in your head but, or off I think it's called Treasure. Treasure. Nice. Very subtle. <laughs> Treasure. Um, not a ton to talk about with this episode. Um, I did find... I had I kind of had more like jokes than anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the first lines from the beginning is where they find the compass and feeds like, the best treasures aren't usually found on maps. And I turned to Cameron and I was like, there's a Camino joke in there because Camino was not in the Jedi map archives. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I was like, yes. aha. That's all I had for really the beginning. Yeah. Um, the only detail I have written down for this whole episode is just beautiful animation almost non-existent writing i do actually have quite a few comments but i i then we'll use you for structure for this because <laughs> that's all I've, what i just said is all i've got written down um some of them are jokes so there's a comment where i think i can't remember which ones are talking but it's like you heard fee and then i think and then hunter says i just turn my mic off no, no. I turned my volume down. Oh. Oh, you. It's, sorry, it's both of our volumes. We both have, there's only one output uh, for headphones on the uh, the recorder that we use, and I forgot that it's a splitter, so I just record. I just turned down both of our audios, because it was a bit loud for me, because I can see what the, uh, the meter is for the recording, mm. and we're perfect on that, but it was just a little bit loud as far as the headphones are concerned. So Headphone I warning. A bit. Um, so there's a comment where they're talking about Fee and Hunter says, you know, like, oh, you heard Fee and Hunter says, she says a lot of things or something like that. And my immediate reaction was, for those of you that have played Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, the companion 
for Link, and that game is named Fee. Oh, interesting. And so that made me think because that companion specifically got a lot of flax. I'll, I'll show you this video because that was during the Wii period. Mm. And, you know, it's like uh, whatever the fairy is from Ocarina Time, whose name I can't remember. Uh, the one that's like, Link, listen. Yeah. Ah, I can't remember her name. Anyways. You know, they would pop up with notifications. This companion would pop up with a notification when your Wii remote batteries were low. Navi. Navi, yeah. yeah. So that kind of made me laugh. Um, I can continue to go through my comments. Yes, please do. So when they first reached that, uh, I don't remember what it's called, the mountain, mm-hmm. that first room there, and it was very much reminded me of a Jedi uh, Fallen Order level where Absolutely. they had to match, you know, they had to pull the walls and kind of figure out a puzzle. Oh, this is a <laughs> this is a joke that you said, Cameron. Her droid Mel. They uh, leave him at the cave, and Cameron just says, "Mel looks like a minion." <laughs> he did. He's blue and yellow and pill shaped, <laughs> and is you know kind of unintelligible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, oh, actually, I think Mel's a she. I think oh, he called yeah. her her. Yep, yeah, you're absolutely We're right. We're so used to. Like, not quite gonk droid. Also, this episode is called Entombed. Oh, my bad. Which is what they should do to the writers of this episode. <laughs> um, uh, so I had kind of actually had a lot of Jedi Fallen Order references in episode five. <laughs> Keep firing them off for me. Um, so when she said older, when they were talking, you know, they're like, these writings are old. And they're like, Jedi old? And I think Fee says older than the Jedi. And so that makes me think of, if I have my timelines correct, the Zepho from Jedi Fallen Order, which are an ancient race of, ooh, I think some of the first force wielders. Okay. That you I, you spend, like, one of the first, like, temple dungeons in that game is all about, is like an old Zepho temple, which, side tangent, I hated that one because I got <laughs> lost, and I had, I had to, I completed the temple and had to Google how to find my way out. Classic. Anyways, um... <laughs> Because the second something inconvenient to me happens to me in a video game, I will Google it. <laughs> I'm here to have a good time. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Like the Zepho, I was like, that made me think. Um, very Indiana Jones. Very. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I kept I kind of kept waiting for a big rock to come rolling down from somewhere, but that might have been too <laughs> on the nose. Um, and then the War Machine. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of different references for what these looked like. Also brought the Zepho to mind. Um, the head shape a little bit in certain uh, uh, in certain shots. Let me see if I can like find an image for you. Um, not entirely. Uh, maybe not entirely, but... Um, just oh, kind of kind of a little bit. Now that I'm looking at it, sure, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's maybe a little more. Uh, maybe that's not the picture I'm looking for. I should look at like for an actual Zepho statue. Uh, okay, there we go. Yeah, that's, I'm showing a picture of a Zepho, similarities of a Zepho statue, uh, a Zepho spire statue art for those of you that are curious and can't see who aren't in my apartment, which is hopefully none of you. Um, I also kind of got War of the Worlds vibes. The <laughs> s- <laughs> Instead of a tripod, though, it's a quad pod. Yeah. Quadrupod. Um, the inside of that mech beast, 
also made me think of the Divine Beast temples in Breath of the Wild, which I told Cameron I was going to reference, but mm. he wasn't going to understand it because <laughs> he skipped through the dialogue in the first part of the game and then didn't play it because I was... Anyways, <laughs> uh, for those of you that know, you know. Um, very similar mechanized giant robot ideas. And then I also thought when we got a good look at the legs, it looked like one of kind of like the Felucia beasts. Or is it Felucia? Uh, Felucia. Um, so you're talking about the, the praying uh, mantis the, looking uh, things. Acklay, I think. Yeah. The, uh, the thing that Obi-Wan fights in the arena in episode two. Mm hmm. Also, the things that, um, if you played Battlefront 2, were very mm -hmm. scary. Yes. <laughs> um,. Didn't have as many legs, but the I, I think like the double jointed legs were kind of a little similar. Yeah, a little bit. Mm. Big thing on its head. Big thing on its head. Yeah, and it's certainly a very interestingly designed thing, and it's huge, like gigantic. Mm -hmm. Like I guess that goes back to something I said about the first episode of this season, where I enjoyed the scale mm -hmm. of the animation. That's probably the absolute best thing I have to say about this episode. Is just like. The immense scale of the, that moment of that giant creature robot coming out of the mm -hmm. mountain is just. But the, now we get to the issue. It's firing at nothing, which is a metaphor for this episode. The, nothing is happening. It was kind of funny because they landed, and I think I don't know one of the clone, one of the Bad Batch said, "This planet has been." raised and burned and they turn on the machine that has a nuke on its face uh -huh, like, yeah. or a hyper beam um <laughs> there's there's a phenomenal moment when it's after they've awoken the beast and it starts firing its laser and <laughs> there's a shot where it looks like it's aiming for mel you know like i don't that's the only thing i could really think of it's that like there's a thing on the ground i need to like yeah, kill it uh-huh Cameron says he hates the droid and in less than a second later Mel is just vaporized yeah surprising they actually killed off a lovable character for once uh, which was but then um, all, within five minutes they just totally deflate that and um oh I keep a backup on it a backup yeah. of her what on the her name that character's Fee. name. Fee. Yeah, Fee is just like... I keep a backup I in the these characters' ship, names. In the I can't ship. hold one-syllable character names in my head, I guess. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, I keep a backup. Which is exactly my feeling towards the ending of the movie uh, Big Hero 6. When supposedly... Uh, oh, the, the emotional trauma of leaving... It didn't give me any emotional trauma. Because I'm like, I know this robot has a backup. I know they're going to be able to build him again. And they do. So I was vindicated in not feeling any emotion in that moment. He's trying to be Iron Giant, mm. but there's no feeling that Iron Giant, even though Iron Giant does come back, you don't think, from the character perspective, you don't think he's going to. And as mm -hmm. an audience member, you don't think he's going to. Yeah. Anyways, I, I like to throw out hate at Big Hero 6 whenever I can. I don't hate the movie, but mm. I do criticize it heavily. I like Big Hero 6. I will never... I. <gasps> I love Big Hero 6, even though the first time I watched it, I was babysitting. And I... Have I told you this story? No, this feels feel like an off oh. podcast. Is that relevant? I'm going to keep us on topic. Okay, yeah. We've got two good. episodes to get to. Um, the, <laughs> the last comment we had was that they're going to go find the Holy Grail <laughs> at the end because yeah, uh -huh. they had a chalice a to go find. chalice. <laughs> and with the, you know, previous Indiana Jones vibes, it's like, 
They're going to go find the Holy Grail, and then they're going to have to leave Fee in the cave. Well, they already someone... did the Holy Grail thing in episode two, where it's like, leave it behind. Like, I can reach it. Oh, they you're were right. for the treasure. It's almost as if it's Lucasfilm. Yeah, really. um, anything else about this episode? Um, I thought it was fun. I would say, like, because I don't like to throw around the word filler. I will. This, this is a filler episode. This one <laughs> definitely felt like filler, because and I'm fine with slower-paced episodes, but I just, it did just wasn't i mean it was cool it was it was a side quest episode yeah, and maybe it'll come back later in the season but as They're of right now nuke the empire <laughs> as of right now i don't see this coming back um and it yeah. feels very it was empty. cool it's i mean the animators did an excellent job but the writers um i guess were also sick that week and they just did whatever they want anyways on to episode six. Oh, I, I wanted to do i was kind of scrolling through the reddit here the reddit and there was a funny a funny comment on here that i quite enjoyed which um i oh so they described the robot as an ancient cyborg mega giraffe <laughs> which is mega good. giraffe anyways on to episode six um which is entitled not entombed that was episode five episode six is tribe which is significantly better mm-hmm I was very excited for this one because I recognized the main titular character uh-huh. and then spoiled it for Cameron because I have forgotten he's only seen season seven of the Clone Wars. I've seen other, I've seen like season one and two. I apologize for that though because I was. It's not a big deal. You spoiled it like two minutes before the, sh- the show revealed it. And I think I had seen an image online. I was like, I already knew. I'm, I'm going to peek the mic, but I was like, Gungi. Also, is it Gungi or Gungi? I always um, thought it was Gungi. Let's. I saw it written down in the captions, but um, you know, I'm not, I'm not seeing it here in the credits. Um. So oh, Gungi, G U N G I, Gungi. I think that's dumb, but okay. <laughs> or Gungi. So Gungi. The first time we see, I thought it was Gungi. So the first time we see him is, oh man, I think it's season. F- well, it can't be season six. Because Ahsoka's not in season six, right? I don't remember. It, I think it might seen... be season four or five because Ahsoka takes a group of pa- Jedi Padawans to go find their kyber crystals sure. on um, Ilum, mm-hmm. I believe. And so that's where we first see Gungi. And then they get like captured by Hondo and there's banter and all that. But so glad to know that he survived Order 66. <laughs> this poor traumatized baby. <laughs> And now um, he's going to be sold into slavery when the Empire finds their tribe. You mean the Trandoshans? Yeah, or them, yeah. Um. Anyways, so yeah, the uh, the Bad Batch are uh, trying to do some sort of illegal trade with these robot, this robot gang. Robot. And they figure out that they're holding a, a Wookiee Jedi and mm-hmm. they help him get back to Kashyyyk and find that there are Trandoshans burning down the forest working with the empire which is Mm -hmm. also more jedi fallen order um i this is the jedi fallen order time with rachel tonight um (laughs) deforest i mean the empire went in just like really was like there's a lot of resources on this planet and we're gonna take all of it so yeah lots Mm. of jedi fallen order um lizard men and then of course we have the trandoshans versus the wookies because trandoshans 
take part specifically in Wookiee slavery. They uh, they uh, they they uh, are. I'm totally lo- losing the word here. They crave their their hair. They they yeah, are was... envious of their hair. <laughs> yeah, they covet. That was what I was looking for. They covet their hair. Of course, we see that in Book of Boba Fett with um, I can't remember her name. The Wookiee bounty hunter has beef with the Trans Oceans oh, yeah. because yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a nice little piece of continuity. Trivia. Yeah. Um, I have written down here that I hate how the Trans Oceans look in <sighs> in uh, the animated universe. The most I... famous Trandoshan is obviously Bosk from episode yeah. five, one of the bounty hunters. Um, and in animation style, and then we both learned, we looked it up, that Sid, the woman who employs the Bad Batch, uh, is um, a Trandoshan. I feel like Which the... might come back later, now that the Bad Batch have fought these Trandoshans. It True. might come back the next time they see her. I feel like Sid got all of the Trandoshan budget, because the Trandoshans in this episode just seemed untextured. Yeah. They seemed a little smooth. Does that make sense? Sometimes the animation team struggles to translate things from the live action into the animation style. This gave them really big foreheads. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out why. I thought they looked too much like the old school Plan of the Apes. Apes? Yeah, they (laughs) looked... big floppy mouths and... Yeah, anyways. Um, But I did love their collective hiss. (laughs) A hundred Wookiee pelts to whoever catches the Jedi. (laughs) It's hilarious. Like normally, it'd be like a, like if it was like humans, they'd all go like ah, yeah. but it's just like a bunch of like low level hissing. Yeah. That was hilarious. Um. So then they uh, they find the Wookies. They do find the Wookies, and they're all very nice and lovely as Wookies normally are. And uh, my favorite thing there was the gigantic bowcaster that one of them had. Just as a huge. big one. Um, Yana was really cool. The leader. I would not be surprised if her poncho comes to Galaxy's Edge in a couple months. <laughs> a a Wookiee hoodie. A, a Wookiee Woody. hoodie. A, oh. a Woody hoodie. <laughs> Wookdee. A w- Wookdee. Wookdee. A Wookdee. <laughs> um, it was very stoner-esque. <laughs> there was a really funny comment. I can't remember where it was. But it was in that time when they see... Um, oh, because they're trying to, you know, like... They don't remember it. He doesn't remember his tribe, which kind of plays into the fact that, you know, um, Jedi took babies. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cameron, you said, who taught him how to speak? And I said, Gungi? And you went, and obviously that is who Cameron meant. Who taught Gungi how to speak? Uh, Shrikian? Sh- 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 is that what it's called? Yeah, it was something like that. The, um, the, the Wookiee language. Yeah, the Wookiee language. And Cameron, he just paused and he goes, no, Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, that was she real. Rook. She, okay. I thought that was, thought that yeah. was, was funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you liked my <laughs> comment. Because that is, that would be another question is, I guess, the Bad Batch, how do they, how do they all develop such different uh accents <laughs> and ways of talking um i had oh, another oh. our little friend is walking by <gasps> she's here. probably going to come yell Entire because we last turned. episode rachel's cat just sat on the couch and did nothing and now she's, she's wandering around us oh so oh she's gonna get a bite to eat so if you hear some crunching background it's oh, her munch anyways That's... my uh next little comment i had written him here was also a quote from you uh where you just said Wrecker's just a hairless Wookiee, which is a great observation. <laughs> he, he is. Um, in that same scene, 
I, um, I, th- I noticed Echo was channeling his inner uh, Kiati Mundi with his Wookiee support uh-huh. because uh-huh. I think, you know, what about like, the droid attack on the Wookiees? But the, yeah, it, he was like, the Wookiees have been allies with the Republic. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Um, I also thought that your records to hear this Wookiee comment was especially funny because later on, uh, he jumps down on one of the, the tanks and yells like a Wookiee, which I would not have caught, but you pointed out because it said it in the credits it's or the, 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 the closed caption. says yes. record imitates Wookiee roar. Mm. Um, there's so many Lorax memes you can make with the Wookiees in the trees. Oh, absolutely. So many Lorax. <gasps> That's what her poncho is. It's a Thneed. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> what a weird joke. Um, anyways, so then, towards the end of the episode, um, they've defeated the bad guy, which is a pretty cool fight. Um, the Wookiee Jedi oh my gosh. fighting the guy with the, with the uh, flamethrower and then cutting it in half and the, the spiders drop in. And they take him up to get eaten. That's Oof. like that's almost kind of levels with Tarzan where yeah. the hunter gets like hung in the vines. Uh-huh. Kind of, almost kind of same energy, but you know, in reverse where he goes up instead of falling Ooh, down. Yeah. It's, it's pretty dark. Yeah. It was a cool that's fight. Like, and then um, they all escape, and they're like, what are we going to do about the fire? It's spreading faster than we expected. And one of them goes, call in the Wookiees. And <laughs> you just go, they're going to use the Wookiees to put the fire out. <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> You're horrible. But then, guess what? It cuts to the next day, and the fire's out. And we don't see very many Wookiees. So, which is weird. They made, oh, like, if they had just cut to the, if they had gone from them escaping to cutting the next day and the fire was out i've been like oh cool they put out the fire i wouldn't even thought about it but the fact that they took the time to say hey we need to put the fire out and, th- and then it cuts <laughs> the fires out why draw attention to it just was a weird piece of editing slash writing <laughs> could, could use the wikis for the fire out. Um, um and so that's my notes on the episode i would say so far this season's on a high note for me because we have uh, five out of six episodes with no crosshair. I'm living for it. Yeah, well, he'll probably be here next week then. Oh, I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can only go so long. Hey, actually, speaking of next week, uh, February 8th, next week, we have another double episode hey, feature. Halfway through. Halfway through. <laughs> okay, well, um, any, any final thoughts on episode six? Little fun adventure? See, yeah, I think an episode can be. This didn't contribute much to our overall story, but it was enjoyable because it does. This is the first Jedi they've encountered. Yeah, that's true, and it, it contributes towards the um, something they set up at the beginning of the season, which was them helping people. And so, I thought that was cool. I thought I, this episode felt like it had its own contained story. It felt relevant. It didn't feel empty. It felt like something was happening. It's always cool to see Wookies. Kashyyyk is always cool to see. So, like, I think we see have two episodes here that are relatively similar in the sense that they're not contributing to an overall plot but one is executed a significantly better on a plot level than the other mm-hmm. athena's cat is uh parkouring across you say athena's room. cat i mean That's rachel's cat, cat athena if anything that'll almost dox me before anything else because i talk about my cat all the time which is hilarious i mean like, i know rachel with a cat named athena who's loud and obnoxious um yeah so final thoughts on the episode I enjoyed it. I enjoyed episode six more than episode five. Absolutely. Um, I think I just oh, I just have such a hard time separating Fee and Wanda Sykes because <laughs> yes. her voice is just so recognizable. So other than that, it's fine. 
Um, all I have, the rest are memes. I have yep. so many jokes. Okay, so we're back into meme corner now. 50% of the rest of the podcast. Yes, everyone's favorite segment of <laughs> this stupid podcast. Where we read them like um, access- accessible text. Uh, uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to find. I'm oh, I even put, actually I I took them out of um, uh, the folder and I put them in my notepad. So I know you've got plenty <laughs> to go. So how about you start us off? Whenever oh my gosh! Go. So the first one was a story I wanted to tell. Um, so we watched Rebels last year. Correct. Um, <laughs> I think we were in. And the people who know us are going to get a kick out of this joke, out of this story. So the, we're watching Rebels, and it's where um, they reveal Kanan's actual name in season four. It's not mm-hmm. Kanan Jarrus. It's Caleb Doom. And they revealed his name. And I turned to you, and I just went, oh, imagine being named Caleb. Because the joke is that that's such a very normal name for Star Wars. And then it hit us that we know at least Three people Uh with that name in our friend group, which just added an extra layer of depth. So that is for um, the locals listening to this. (laughs) Um, My other memes, this is a a Book of Boba Fett meme. It's the scene where uh, Anakin is being denied uh, Jedi Master, but he's on the council. Mm -hmm. And... It's captioned when your favorite character of all time doesn't show up for an entire episode of his own show. And it's captioned, this is outrageous. It's unfair. How can Boba Fett have his own show and not be in it? <laughs> um, this is another Rebels meme. where So it's that uh, YouTube format where it's the title of the video and it says 10 haunting photos taken moments before disaster. Uh-huh. And it is a, it's the screenshot from Rebels Season 3 where... <laughs> I didn't Excuse even me. say it. Sorry. Oh man, that was weird. <laughs> it's the it's the picture of Sabine handing the dark saber to Pokaton. <laughs> That's great. Which, I love it. This is I dislike Pokaton as much as I dislike <coughs> Crosshair. So, um, another one. Uh, <coughs> Here's one I had an interaction with my friend Peter. Who um, has listened to at least one episode of the podcast because he sent me an article that said uh, the Bad Batch needs more crosshair. And I think he did that intentionally to spite you. Mm, and it worked. It was very spited. Um, and this one is fa- this one is that screenshot of Revenge of the Sith when Darth Vader wakes up and he's like, where is Padme? Is she safe? You know, and this it's just Captain, where is Boba? Is he safe? Uh-huh. Is he all right? And that's one of my favorite meme trends I see pop up every time there's a new Star Wars show because we saw one with Kino uh, from Andor. Uh, it's, it's funny. That's great. I've got one that I sent you, um, which is uh, it's got a photo of, of Palpatine in the Senate chamber and it says Chancellor Palpatine giving a speech ending democracy as we know it. And then it's a very nicely photoshopped uh, image of James Franco's uh, Harry Osborn from Spider-Man 3 looking down from, you know, the meme of him looking down at Peter Parker and it says me not paying attention because I just noticed the aliens from E.T. 
which is <laughs> I love because every single time there's a Senate scene, I'm always on the look. I'm looking at all the different aliens and totally distracted from mm-hmm. the plot. Um, uh, this was a screenshot of Twitter. Well, it's a screenshot I took of TikTok of a screenshot from Twitter. <laughs> and it says, it's got a picture of Darth Maul and uh, General Grievous. And it says, would you rather be trapped in a mall, like M-A-L-L, like a shopping mall, for 24 hours with Darth Maul or General Grievous? And someone just responded, are they like mad at me or just at the mall too? <laughs> and I just, <laughs> the casualness was just really funny to me. Um, That's great. Um, interject a little bit of Transformers content into this episode. You sent me a TikTok, um, which says, when you're on top of a mountain feeding cattle and look over, and it's just video of these rolling gorgeous hills and suddenly a modern VW bug just rolls up out of nowhere and you texted to me with Transformers G1 vibes and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um I have some I have more Star Wars stuff I got some Transformers stuff. I sent this as a TikTok to you. Um it's titled Plain Life is a Highway in Extremely Inappropriate Moments. <laughs> and it's to the scene of Revenge of the Sith where Anakin walks into the um the youngling Jedi training room and the kid comes out. He's like, Master Skywalker, there's too many of them. What are we going to do? And you know, Anakin just stares him down and he <laughs> and the guy who's uh, stitching the TikTok has a bass in his lap or an electric guitar. And as soon as Anakin lights his lightsaber, he starts the riff into Rascal Flats' life as a highway. That's so good. I remember yeah, you did that. Uh, it's good. So good. Um, another bit of Transformers content. This is not a meme as much as it is a running joke between you and I, and you sent me something in reference to it this week. Um, and I wanted to explain it because I feel like, I have a feeling it'll come up again at some time. Uh, you just sent me the notorious image of, okay, you have to tell me this gentleman's name because I actually don't remember his name. (laughs) That's Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus. From, for context, it is from, um... War for Cybertron the War Netflix for Cyber- cartoon. Siege, the first one. Ah, and it's him trying to be in disguise. It's him wearing a cloak over just his head and the, a bit of his torso. Why this image is hilarious is this man has the most gigantic tall shoulders of all time. He has got like chess rooks for shoulders. Clearly not a disguise. Like, and, it's, and then you sent me after that an image of Thor from Thor Ragnarok when he like disguises himself just by, by barely putting a piece of fabric over his face and it's just the same energy and i feel like this is going to come up again at some point so i wanted to explain this in joke oh yeah um uh, i was just i was watching that episode and i was just gobsmacked i'm like really they're going with this um where did they also find cloth yeah on a metal planet but that's just me good point who is uh making textiles that was also my opinion in transformers 5 when there's grass on cybertron there There are scenes where there's grass on cybertron it's bugged me um (laughs) this is the scene from i think i think this is also transformers 5 it's where megatron is having his meeting with like i don't know the various world leaders because he's trying to get his buddies out of jail in Uh uh suicide squad style yeah and he's meeting with <coughs> the lieutenant from the first three movies, played by Josh Duhamel, I think. Yeah. Um, side tangent. Instead of having uh, Mark Wahlberg 
Uh, As the oh, main yeah. character, it should have been the Lieutenant Josh Jamal. Except you know. Josh Jamal's not an inventor. He's not an inventor. He's not an inventor for a living. Yeah, but he's way easier to look at. Um, because he was also in the first movies. Anyway, side tangent. It's the scene where um, Demal. Sorry, um, <laughs> Demal is like, "What do you really want, Megatron?" And his caption: "What everyone wants, human." To see and his caption to see Brendan Fraser find lasting happiness. That's great. <laughs> that was good. That's a very you meme. Uh, thank you. It was. It was... I thought yes. of something uh, for to. Anyways, uh, I, that reminds me of something for later. Um, <laughs> I saw a tweet from Star Wars Holocron that said, Ahsoka defeated a Darksaber-wielding pre-Vizsla in the Clone Wars. According to the rules of established, the rules established in the Mandalorian, does this make her the rightful ruler of Mandalore? I don't know, does it? No, no. I still say one of my favorite jokes that I made was I sent you a picture of pre-Vizsla, <coughs> and I sent you a picture when Maul killed pre-Vizsla, and I just captioned it post Vizla. that's so good i thought that was good yeah. think i'm pretty funny. funny um so this was a um a clip that i found and i sent it to you and it just i sent it with the caption us podcasting oh it So that's our that's our best friend, uh, Alex Jones. No, stop that! <laughs> no, and no, we no that that no 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 so reflects this segment. <laughs> I'm gonna play it again. A meme here that I put in my stack and I lost. But man, does it say it all? Love that. So, oh my As god, for context, I'm so happy I found that. For context, we are not friends with Alex Jones and do, <laughs> and do not condone the things he says, but the meme joke. No, he's is a cold funny. chill guy. Don't no, be normal. Stop it. Stop it. He knows what's going on. No, stop it. I'm trying to prevent us from having our lives ruined. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to move on from Alex Jones. Um, I Here's a meme that I made. So, for those, I don't, you. If you've been on the internet, at least in the past 10 years once, you've probably seen this reaction of guys like sitting on a couch, um, like straight faced. And then in the next image, they're like pointing towards the TV. Mm -hmm. They're reacting. If I remember correctly, they're reacting to the Twilight Princess trailer for coming to the Wii U. Anyways, so I made my own. my own meme of where they're like sitting still unimpressed. And I captioned it Mandalorian season three trailer. And then the image where they're all hyped. I put Babu Freak appearance. That's so good. <laughs> so good. So true. Absolutely true. I, I lost it. I did not expect it. We were like, oh, Mandalorian season three. And then Babu Freak, and we in a chorus went, hey, hey, because that's what you do when you see Babu Freak. Um, I have another one. It's where it's from Attack of the Clones where Obi-Wan and Anakin are all chained up in the Geonosian uh, Coliseum. And it's captioned as Obi-Wan saying, you see that bounty hunter up there next to Count Dooku? And Anakin says, yes, what about him? Obi-Wan replies, he's the host for the clone army. Prompting a response from Anakin, meaning the clone army is really on Dooku's side and can't be trusted. And then the next image is written and directed by George Lucas. Like the credits. Sorry, I was, I was oh looking at a meme. Oh my Give it to me one more time. Gosh. Sorry to our listeners who have to hear this again. <sighs> So we got Anakin, Padme, and Obi-Wan yes. chained up in the Genos and Coliseum. Yes. And so 
they're kind of hanging out there. And so Obi-Wan says to Anakin, see that bounty hunter up there next to Count Dooku, Janko Fett. Mm-hmm. Anakin says, yes, what about him? And Obi-Wan says, he's the host for the clone army. To which Anakin says, meaning the clone army is really on Dooku's side and can't be trusted. And then it has the oh, pop-up credit yeah, written, uh, directed by George Lucas. Yep, very good. Okay, so here's here's what we need sound for again. Um, so it says... Man, we're playing audio memes now? It says, Luke wow. mourning the loss of his redeemed father... <laughs> The Ewoks raising hell 20 feet away. <laughs> You're to peek the mic. Oh, I've, I've seen that joke done before, but it's funny to me every time. Um, this is a Transformers meme from Transformers G1 that I thought was really funny. And it's one of the very few shots of, for some reason, the Autobots being able to fly, which is occasionally brought up in G1 and just never really addressed. What do you mean occasionally? They fly in like every episode. Well, I mean, but 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 no, like they'll fly sometimes, and then like they get in predicaments. Yeah. They're like, oh no, we're they, stuck, and uh, it's like are drowning. You can, fl- <laughs> you can On the fly. First episode, and so it's this image of them all like taking up, taking off at the same time, and it's captioned me and the boys in creative mode checking out our friend's Love brand it. new brand new Minecraft build. That's you fun. Made. It's I like good. That a lot. Um, here's something I did not know about. This is less of a meme and just more of a Star Wars oddity. Um, in like 1977, the Osbournes, uh, did, uh, the, the famous, uh, singing family did a Star Wars, like musical parody. I know what you're talking about. Yes. September 23rd, 1977 broadcast on ABC. Cause they're, they're dressed as Luke and Leia. And Leia. Yeah. Donnie and Marie Osmond. Weirdly enough, that piece, of cl- that clip there, has higher production value than the Star Wars Holiday Special somehow. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. So look that up. I don't exactly know 100 what it's called, but if you just type in Osmond's Star Wars musical, it'll it'll come up. Uh, this was something I wanted to talk about. I sent you a TikTok earlier about how, um, sometimes a lot of criticism about recent Star Wars shows is when there's a slower paced episode, you know. People could talk about like this filler. There are certain filler episodes. Yeah, not all the time. Like a solar paced episode doesn't necessarily mean uh, filler. But anyways, this girl commented. She said, "I don't know." She's like, "Imagine if the Clone Wars came out today, and we had to wait a week during the mm-hmm. arcs." And she's like, "Can you?" She's like, "Can you imagine waiting a week just for another droid arc episode?" Uh-huh. She's like, "I I wouldn't be able to do it." And a lot, and I think that's kind of interesting because that is actually one of my not criticisms, but that is why I prefer. Well, I just love Rebels, mm-hmm. but that was like one of the things that kind of like bogged down Clone Wars for me is because if the arc was good, it was good. Mm-hmm. If it was bad, it was bad and it wasn't like i mean if there there are some there are goofy episodes in rebels i mean it's for a younger audience i still loved it but Mm -hmm. i could clean my apartment for 20 minutes and just (laughs) listen to it in the background versus like if it was a rough arc in clone wars sorry (laughs) a rough arc in clone wars i had to sit it's like an hour and i know and everyone talks about the droid arc Uh like it's just that was really rough I also really didn't like any arcs with Jar Jar in them. Mm-hmm. And we did get a taste of that. The the middle arc of season seven, which we all watched mm-hmm. on on Disney Plus with Ahsoka and the uh, the whatever twins. Oh, 
the sis the, the sisters Tri- yeah. Tris and oh, I could not care less. It was unfortunate. Fortunately, we did get another immediate arc with Ahsoka because mm-hmm. that had been the only Ahsoka arc in the final season that would have been a bummer. So we get to experience it then of four straight episodes that were just whatever. They I think. Just... I think also what really hurt was that I mean you know between season six and seven, I Disney bought Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of things that changed, but I think one of the things that, you know, they had to cut it down that a lot of people were looking forward to were, um, was an arc between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Yes. After, I don't know, sometime like during Revenge of the Sith, or yeah. I think. Well, it could have been during Revenge of the Sith. No, maybe not during. Or like right, I think right before when they're out in the sieges and all that. Mm. So I think a lot of people were really looking forward to seeing that because especially I think, you know, one of the things they kind of talked to. I have to look it up because I can't remember. It wasn't, uh, uh. Well, I'll fill this time just by saying that you did see that briefly um, in season seven. There is a bit of a segment where we see uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin doing some fighting. So you did get some of them during season seven, but season seven was very clearly set up to one, set up Bad Batch, and two, close out Ahsoka's Clone Wars narrative. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the things that we missed, it, well, there's a couple, I'll glance through them all. The one art I'm talking about was, it was would have been Crystal Crisis on Utapau. So it was an arc between Anakin and Obi-Wan journeying there to investigate the death of a Jedi Master. It's where they discovered General Grievous and the Separatist forces to attempt to acquire... Uh, a giant kyber crystal for future use. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense canonically whatsoever. No, but um, both them but, going to Utapau and seeing the because episode three is when they learned that the 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 forces are there, the droid mm-hmm. forces, and also now we know that the crystal came from Jedha. True. Um, I do think I think a lot of people wanted to see this arc specifically because. It would have um, it would have focused on Anakin dealing with Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order and like kind of his disillusionment with it. Um, people were also bummed because we did not get the Boba Fett and Cad Bane mm, yeah. arc, which that could have been interesting. I've I'll, seen the animatic I mean, of that. I'll be honest, I get that. Um, there were some more Asajj Ventress stuff planned um, because well, she has a book for uh, Dark Disciple, which is a very an unlikely pairing if you haven't heard of it uh-huh yeah have you heard I, of it i've not do you do you, do you want me to tell, tell you who the book center is about yes um asajj ventress and quinlan voss oh team interesting. up uh spoiler i don't know sorry <laughs> i mean the book's been out for a while um supposedly a yoda and bad batch on kashik uh like it had further plans um apparently more mall stuff um. Oh, this one sounds not very fun. Rex and R two D two stranded. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, See, that's that's why television shows need to have a conclusive ending because they will just keep going on telling the same unnecessary stories forever and ever. Um. Supposedly more stuff about Ahsoka's origin, which we kind of got a little bit of in Tales of the Jedi. Um. Yuzon Vong abduction, which is um. They're major antagonists in Legends, so that would have been their introduction to canon, but I'm not surprised that they were not... I'm not surprised that they weren't in it, because that's a lot. Um, oh, a return to Mon Cala. Ooh. That, 
that would have been rough. The yeah, ultimately, I think we can just sum this up by saying yeah. we're glad most of these stories got cut. There's a reason we never saw these. <laughs> in Clone Cameron side eye and me like stop. Reading, we don't need to read this. Stop reading. Do the, you have any more clone memes you want to share? No, I don't have any more. All right, memes. we're out of memes. But I wanted to. I wanted to talk about that because I think she. I think that that uh, she had a point that if Clone Wars is coming out now, absolutely. I mean, with enough of the vitriol that some Star Wars gets, mm-hmm. imagine. You f- you wait for the new arc, and it's the Jar Jar and Mace Windu arc. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to rough. look back at something, look at the whole of it, mm-hmm. and kind of idealize it. But then, yeah, to know what it would have actually been like, yeah, people definitely double standard stuff that they already like versus stuff that's coming out now. And then you have Rebels. And then you got Bad Batch, given uneven quality. But we're having fun watching it, at least. Like, I was watching this episode thinking, man, I'm really glad this treasure hunting thing is not four episodes long and they said it's one episode yeah so um, thankful for that and then in a month we'll get mandalorian too so we get to do mando and bad batch looking forward to it all right well that brings us to the end of episode four of this podcast mm-hmm. very exciting good stuff with Thanks a new logo listening. Uh, i wasn't gonna mention it in case you didn't get it finished oh well, no it's gonna, it it's gonna be finished it's gonna be finished we'll talk about that real fast this week i um i threw it over to rachel to design us a, a more detailed interesting eye-catching logo and she nailed it she did it real fast she did it while she was in a meeting (laughs) stop that (laughs) Um, and it looks really really great so um i guess it's a good time to credit our intro and outro music is done by caleb jacoby and our all of our art is designed by our very own rachel not going to say your last name because i said it by accident last time and (laughs) apparently we're keeping this secret (laughs) yeah sorry anyone when i was listening back to it i realized i had it a bit too loud so apologize to anyone who hears And I also apologize for the audio quality of this episode. Not necessarily the audio quality, but me hacking and coughing and and my cat eating her food in the background and yee trucks outside and alarms or not alarms sirens. sirens. So there's a lot going on this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed this ASMR of hanging out in Rachel's apartment (laughs) with the lack of water fountain for the cat. Yes, well we we took it off thankfully. Um, So yeah, this is uh, Rachel and Cameron signing off, saying, "Hold on, I got a meme here. I can't find it, but uh." It says everything. Also, I didn't. We do not endorse Alex Jones. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, we do not. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>